Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, Episode 74, The Art of Transforming Business Models for Dramatic Growth, a case study. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success on the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. As always, it's a pleasure to join you for another episode. And if this is your first time listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders like you and your companies to accelerate to your next level of growth and success. So Pam, what's up for today's conversation? The artistry it takes to lead a successful company to even greater heights of success through business model transformation. Okay. Now, we've spoken often of how vital it is to adapt as new challenges and opportunities emerge. But the fact is, the leadership it takes to pull this off through succeeding business cycles requires not only knowledge and business acumen, It also takes a truly artistic sense of matching strategy to changing customer needs and business capabilities. So instinct and intellect. Exactly. And that's why we're pleased to have Cheryl Barone with us today. Cheryl is president and CEO of award-winning One Horn Transportation, a trucking and logistics brokerage she co-founded in 2005 with her husband, Louis. Through its constant reinvention strategy, One Horn pivoted from an asset-based carrier owning tractor trailers to an agent-based brokerage using independent contractors to move their customers' loads. As a result of this strategy, One Horn was ranked among the 50 fastest-growing women-owned and led companies by the Women Presidents Organization and among New Jersey's 50 fastest-growing businesses by NJ Biz for the past several years. Through her coaching practice, Cheryl is now working with CEOs and their leadership teams to grow, scale, and thrive. Now, prior to embarking on her entrepreneurial path, Cheryl held marketing positions in various healthcare corporations. She earned her MBA from the Wharton School and her Bachelor of Science degree from Cornell University. She's a board member of the Entrepreneurs Organization New Jersey and an active member of the Wharton Club of New Jersey. You can also find a link to Cheryl's bio at growthignitersradio.com, episode 74. Cheryl, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you, Pam. It's great to be here. And thank you, too, Scott. Well, so, Cheryl, you've had quite a journey here with One Horn Transportation. Can you tell us briefly about your original vision? for the company? Well, back in 2005, uh, I partnered up with my husband, Louie, and we purchased the assets of a trucking company. And so at that time, we had 15 tractors and 80 trailers with drivers serving mainly the construction materials and equipment industry in the Northeast. Now, why trucking, you might ask? Yes, why trucking? (laughs) Why trucking? Well, like the two of you, Pam and Scott, as I mentioned, I was going into business with my husband, and my main reason uh, for going into business on my own was to leave corporate America and have more freedom and control over my life. 
So we looked at both of our backgrounds, and we wanted to make sure that we leveraged both of our backgrounds and enabled both of us to contribute equally to the growth of the business. Sure. And so we took a look at my marketing background, and we could have bought some consumer health care brands like I had experience with Procter & Gamble and Beckton Dickinson and these different kinds of companies and actually compete against those kinds of companies. Or we could go into the trucking industry. Louis had some experience in trucking, having worked for Brinks, the armored car company. Mm -hmm. And we thought that the experience in trucking would make a more scalable business because I could do sales and marketing for anything. And with our MBAs, we could run any kind of company. So we chose Mm -hmm. the trucking route. The fact that we had some business experience made us credible borrowers with the banks to finance the deal and buyers for the company that we bought the assets from. Always a good place to start. Yes, yes. Thank you, Scott. And then our vision at the time, to answer the original question, was to grow the company as an asset-based carrier, which is how we refer to companies that own their own trucks. We had visions of hundreds of trucks around the road with the one-horn name plastered on the side of them. And, you know, we were very profitable at the beginning, but then the Great Recession hit. Ooh. So that was a problem for lots and lots of companies. Is that what influenced you to transform from the asset-based company in trucking to a transportation company? Yes, it was, Scott. Two years into it, we took a look, and as the housing market started to go away, uh, that was right at the beginning of the Great Recession that no one really knew was the Great Recession at the time. A lot of our clients were transporting uh, building materials and equipment. And so it hit us hard earlier than it hit the rest of uh, the types of companies in the country. And so I mm. think we kind of got a head start at the issues that we're going to be facing. And so we had a lot of uh, commercial construction materials that were stored on our trailers, and then they started emptying them out and not refilling them. And then we started to see that the rates were getting smaller and smaller, that people were offering us to do the loads for them because there were so many more trucking companies out there doing work versus the demand for it, uh, that it really was a buyer's market at the time. And so we decided that the brokerage side of the business would be a lot more profitable. So the writing was really on the wall. I mean, you were able to recognize it, though. So kudos to you, because I think a lot of people would not necessarily have put all of that together. And say, okay, things are slowing down. What are we going to do next? And so you really transformed your whole business model. Yes, we did. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as easy as it sounded, but we were looking (laughs) at it and we were saying to ourselves, you know, we have to do something. And Louis actually was a uh, strategy consultant in the past. And I had done a lot of strategy in marketing when I was working uh, at P&G and different companies like that. And so we said, you know, we're strategy people. Let's treat ourselves as a strategy client and figure out what we should do. What will we tell ourselves to do? And that's kind Mm -hmm. of how we approached it. Okay. So what was the impact then to not only your company, but to the industry of this transformation that you engineered? Well, in the industry, uh, we did happen to notice that some of the other larger companies in the marketplace did a similar divestiture of their equipment after we did. Not to say that they followed us particularly, but I think you know we were more small and agile, and we were able to uh, divest before a company like J.B. Hunt or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And so the impact in the industry was we were able to make money enough to uh, recover a good amount of the cost of the assets that we sold off. But if we had sold off you know, later in time, like a lot of other people in the industry, they didn't recover the, the cost as well on their assets. 
Yeah, so, so it was just in time in a way. Yes, Pam. We had uh, also transformed after the Great Recession to a brokerage that was agent-based. So we ended up transforming our model again to hire freight agents who would come and do sales and dispatch for us, and we would run the back office. So that's really um, part of you know what we had talked about as our second stage. But uh-huh. then the third stage is now our company is so automated with the software package that Louis wrote, Stratibo, that we are spinning off a software company called Stratibo Technologies under Louis' uh-huh. leadership. And now, as you mentioned in the opening, I have started a new company where I can pursue my passion to work for CEOs and their leadership teams to help their companies grow, scale, and thrive just like we did. So the technology really has enabled you to go from a very labor-intensive model to one where the technology is doing a lot of the work and offloading that day-to-day. Now you can do other things. That's terrific. It really is. And the results that you had from this, you had mentioned to me that it was something to the tune of 10 times growth. Yes. When we switched to that agent-based model... It enabled us to grow our sales to be 10 times because originally I was out there doing sales and for me to get, you know, another client and another client and that kind of thing, it took a lot longer versus when you hire a freight agent that comes already with a book of business, you hire an agent that's a million, two million dollars worth of business, from one day to the next, your running rate goes up a million or two million dollars. You just need to be able to finance that receivable. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's really quite a story. We're going to go into this a bit more, but first we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll speak more with Cheryl Barone, president and CEO of award-winning One Horn Transportation, about the toughest decision she and her partner made to transform their business model and dramatically grow their business. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. We enable visionary leaders and their companies to accelerate to their next level of growth and success. And just a reminder, check out our show notes at growthignitersradio.com, episode 74. You can download resources for today's conversation, including Cheryl's bio, questions that support our ideas today, and you can share on social media so more people can find us. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alerts of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date. Welcome back to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Cheryl Barone, president and CEO of award-winning One Horn Transportation, about creating dramatic business growth through business model transformation. Cheryl, tell us how people can find out more about you and your company. Well, Pam, they can visit us on the web at www.onehorn.com. Now, you talked about the journey. How did you know that it was really time to let go? You had a certain amount of success, and there was a certain amount of writing on the wall, but how did you make that internal decision that it was time to take on transformation? Well, Pam, we took a look and did an actual analysis as if we were the clients of ourselves, basically. And so we analyzed the trucking business, and then we analyzed the brokerage side, which we had started on the side, 
as a way to handle loads that we did not uh, want to handle on our own because they were further away or if we didn't have enough trucks on any given day. And we looked at the cost uh, structures of both of those and decided that trucking for us was bad and brokerage was good because on the trucking side, everything was up front, all the costs on the equipment, the driver salaries, and all that kind of thing, the insurance, whereas on the brokerage side, we only incurred costs once we had revenue coming in because we would only book a truck if we had a load. And so after doing that analysis and looking at the trends of where our existing customer base was going in the construction industry as well as the emptying steel out of our uh, yard, as I mentioned, and we started stacking the trucks, the trailers on two to save room and that kind of thing, seeing the, the prices being driven down and not being able to really cover the cost of operation uh, after almost you know, practically after a certain point, we just said enough is enough and we have to take some drastic uh, measures. Uh, it's a tough story. Sometimes when we talk to people about transformation, it's hard. It's uh, emotionally difficult to make that switch. Other people say, woohoo, we're, we're done with that, on to something else. How was it for you? What was the toughest decision you had to make in the transformation? Well, Scott, at the time, we were essentially closing a trucking company after we bought it. So we were on that side of, oh, it's terrible, you know, why did we do this? You know, we felt bad about it because we really cared about our employees and our drivers and our staff. And, you know, we had really gone all in, basically, quitting our corporate jobs to do this. Then what we did was we decided that um, although we really cared about everybody, we just could not afford to pay them any longer. We could not afford to keep going this way. And we even offered the drivers the ability to buy the trucks that they operated from us, and they could become owner-operators and try, you know, maybe working for somebody else, but they, no one really took us up on it. Hmm. So what did it take then to from the point where you said, this is it, we have to do this, to actually make it work, to make it happen? Well, I believe we did our analysis in the month of April-ish and uh, in 2007, and we set a target to be out of our office, to be in the cloud, which wasn't even called the cloud at the time. It was called a virtual private network. We had our office employee connected to us from a home office. We sold off all the tractors and trailers in about a three-month to four-month time for period, essentially almost all of them. So you move fast. Well, once we make a decision, Pam, we, <laughs> we just go <laughs> for it. and We say, you know, action, enough is enough. But then we don't dilly-dally once we decide we're taking the action. We're not very wishy-washy at all. Well, clearly that was the case. So... How did you adapt? This is a very different business model. How did you manage the change to this different business model and your new role with stakeholders? Well, during our first pivot, when we focused from, you know, I changed from trucking to brokerage, I was still doing sales, but I actually got to target some larger corporations who shipped further away since we weren't using our own trucks. And with my corporate background, that was a comfortable space for me to be in. Unfortunately, it didn't work out as well as I would have liked, and so I ended up going back to targeting more small to mid-sized companies because they were, for whatever reason, I could meet with them more quickly in person and convince them to try our services. But then when we pivoted to the agent-based model, my role significantly changed from sales to recruitment because the way we grew, as I mentioned, Mm -hmm. was to hire freight agents who came with the book of business. So... At that point, I decided to leverage a social media strategy to increase our footprint uh, in the market. This is around 
2009, 2010, before people mm-hmm. were really doing that sort of thing. And since I strongly believe in our company and our values, I could really authentically put my passion behind my discussions about why the agents would join one horn and really identify uh, candidates that fit with our corporate culture. So it was a good fit also with your background and in a lot of different ways to be able to move to this other role, it sounds like. Yes, it was because I was a marketing person. I wasn't really a salesperson, uh, but I did adapt, you know, when I needed to be a salesperson. But I just, you know, you know, I'm very outgoing. To be able to talk about my company to somebody to get them to join it was, you know, a lot of fun for me. So... What's really interesting to note here is that by drawing on your previous corporate background, it really made a big difference in terms of your ability to adapt to all the different changes and the twists and the turns as you came to them. It all fit together in a way. Yes, it did, Pam, exactly. I was really fortunate to have had the corporate background before becoming an entrepreneur. So a a fabulous story and a lot of good lessons learned. Well, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Cheryl Barone, president and CEO of award-winning OneHorn Transportation, about three immediately useful ideas for transforming your company's business model to create dramatic growth. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. So, does your company have what it takes to meet all of your many commitments and still move fast enough to respond to new opportunities? Take the first step to confirm your perspective by requesting our free resource, Five Questions to Ask When You Need to Move Even Faster. Our questionnaire will help you find out where to begin to focus your energy and resources so that what should be happening really is happening faster and more effectively. We've developed these questions based on our work with clients in over 30 industries. We've helped them scale faster, make innovation happen faster, and more quickly respond to new opportunities. This has generated millions of dollars in top and bottom line growth. Now you can have this resource simply for sharing your valid contact information with us. We promise to keep it strictly confidential. So don't miss out. Go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 74. Scroll down to resources and click the link, download five questions to ask when you need to move even faster. And to learn more about our success stories, go to businessadvance.com, client results. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Cheryl Barone, President and CEO of OneHorn Transportation, about creating dramatic business growth through business model transformation. And it is an art. Cheryl, tell us again how people can find out more about you and your company. Well, they can visit my company's website, www.onehorn.com or they can look for me on LinkedIn as well. Okay, now this is the part of Growth Igniter's radio where we talk about what people can do as soon as they're done listening to this episode. And we're looking at concrete kinds of things. We wanted to ask you, what would be three immediately useful ideas for transforming a business model for dramatic growth based on your experience? Well, one immediately useful idea, Pam, would be um, 
a way to identify the relevant signs of change in the environment, a tool that I am now using, which is called the sweat analysis. And mm-hmm. I give credit to Verd Harnish and Gazelles International for that. Um, you might be familiar with the SWOT analysis, SWAT. right? SWAT, yeah. right, of course. Okay, so you have the SWOT analysis, which looks at your internal strengths and weaknesses and how right. your companies, and then your outside opportunities and threats in the marketplace. Right. right. But, um, you know, we believe as Gazelles that the best way is to leave that to the, to the middle managers, while senior leadership teams should look at strengths, weaknesses, and trends. Uh-huh. And the reason why we look at strengths, weaknesses, and trends is because your trends in the marketplace over the forces outside the company that will have an influence on your company's long-term direction, health, and sustainability. And Absolutely. so the trends can involve changes in technology, distribution, product innovation, mm-hmm. markets, consumer, and social trends around the world that might impact your organization. And then the strengths are core competencies that lead to success over time, and the weaknesses are inherent to your company that will unlikely change in the future. So there's a difference. They call it the sweat instead of the swat. Well, you know, that's a, that's a great point, and uh, trends are so important. And that's a lot of the reason why we're out here talking about Growth Igniters Radio, the trends that are out there that people have to be aware of. If somebody were to do something immediately, concrete, as soon as they're done listening, what's one thing they could do with regard to sweat? Well, they could take a look at their company. And, for example, I'll give you an example of how we did this um, at One Horn. Uh, we used to use fax and email for our carrier contracts for the trucking companies. And drivers would have to uh, wait for the dispatchers before they could um, accept the load and that kind of thing. And now, with the trend of smartphone usage, every driver now has a smartphone. And so we added to our program a way for them to accept and read contracts on their smartphones. And so it's similar to the way that when you accept the terms of use for your iPhone. And mm-hmm. so by looking at a different industry and the trends in a different industry, instead of just looking at you know, trucking and that kind of thing, we were able to immediately uh, do something that gave us an edge uh, from a competitive standpoint. And so yeah. by looking at different trends uh, you know, relative to the world and then say, how do these trends affect my company, that's really how... I think people could actually do that immediately. That's that's great. And uh, we uh, encourage people to also engage other people, other stakeholders in identifying trends because two heads or 20 heads or 200 are better than one for this. And so it's, it's great, great to have your radar that. out. Yeah. Now, what's another uh, immediately useful thing people can do? Well, I'm a big fan of writing down um, the outcomes that you want to achieve and what success means to you. Because um, I did that for myself. When we transformed from the traditional brokerage to the agent-based model, we had gone to the Wharton Club of New Jersey event where Solange Pere spoke on innovation. And it dawned mm-hmm. on us during that meeting that if we wanted to double or triple or grow tenfold, as I mentioned, we would need to completely change our business model. So we sat down and I actually wrote what success would look like as if I were looking back, you know, a year from now, what would success look like or five years from now, that kind of thing. It's a very important thing. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's different for everybody too, Pam. Not, you know, some people, money means success. Other people prefer different things. I personally want to control over my life 
and I wanted to have the time to do things that give me pleasure and time with my family. It's really more for me about the experience, not about the money and the status. And mm-hmm. so I physically wrote down what success would look like to me, almost like Cameron Harold's uh, Vivid Vision, which used to be called a painted picture, mm-hmm. and then set goals to help me achieve the success that I would need and set milestones along the way as well. So writing out you know, your vivid vision of what you want your life to look like and then saying, what do I need to do in my business to create that? And then setting goals and milestones along the way is really an actionable thing, I believe, because I did that as my action uh, when I transformed the company from uh, the straight brokerage model to the freight agent model. It's so important. Everything you're saying is right, right, spot on. And in fact, with one of the things that we've seen is that with the world changing so quickly, in addition to milestones, it's really helpful to set checkpoints too along the way. Something a little smaller and manageable yeah. and to identify not only the measure of success, which we absolutely agree with, but also the things that will contribute to that success. The critical success factors, if, if you will, what this is what we want to happen. What will it take to make that happen? And then tracking, as as you said, your milestones and your checkpoints. Another point that we've been talking about for quite a while, you and I, has been the power of support along the way. I mean, you clearly in your story emphasized how important that was. Yes, definitely, Pam. As you know, I am a member of the EO Entrepreneurs Organization and a big advocate of peer advisory groups. EO is a nonprofit group with 12,000 members worldwide, and there are chapters in most major markets. There are about 150 chapters around the world. And my New Jersey chapter has 100 members broken down into 12 forum groups where we Mm -hmm. meet on a monthly basis with the same group of people, the same group of entrepreneurs to share experience because, you know, it's lonely at the top. I mean, Pam, you have Scott, I have Louie, but we still do different roles within our companies and having an outside sounding board. Uh, people who go through similar challenges has been extremely helpful. The thing that is interesting about these groups, though, and uh, I see it in you and I know for myself with ACG, Association for Corporate Growth in New Jersey, is we're active. Now, what would you say to people about getting the most out of being part of an organization like this, a peer support group? What I would say, Pam, is that Besides just attending, you know, for EO, for example, the forum meeting, it's important to get involved at the board level. I know that you're involved at the board level with the Mm -hmm. Association of Corporate Growth the way I am with the Entrepreneurs Organization, and also to attend the different learning events because we have speakers that come in, and during the time before and afterwards, there's time for networking where we're able to just have discussions and learn what other people are doing. And sometimes the best insights come during those moments and not from the speaker themselves, although the speakers are quite great. The interaction with the other group members is also key. That's right. So the third actionable step is check out a group, whether it's EO, whether it's ACG, whether it's something else totally, YPO. Uh, There are a lot of groups. What's important is to find the right one for you and to actively get involved. So Cheryl, this has been amazing. Can you share with us some final thoughts on the whole art of transforming business models for dramatic growth? Well, there is a theory, Pam, out there of the S-curve that is brought to us by Dave Power, which teaches us how to sustain long-term growth by continuing to innovate. 
And so we did that with our constant reinvention strategy at One Horn, trying to keep an eye out for the next thing that would help us continue to grow and sustain our growth and thrive in the marketplace. And so to try to keep an eye out as you're going up that exponential growth, it starts to curve off at the top maybe, or you might see signs of that. So what's the next thing that you're going to do to make sure you sustain and continue that growth? Well, Good thoughts to uh, leave us with. Cheryl, thanks again for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Cheryl, and thanks to you out there for listening. To get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, including the list of five questions to ask when you want to move faster, go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 74. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with these questions to discuss with your team. How are we strengthening our sensitivity to emerging challenges and opportunities that could signal time for a change in our business models? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.